Hey everybody, welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean. It's good to see you. Thank you for tuning in. I got a great show for you tonight, all right? We're going to have a good time. Uh, listen, a lot, of, a, a lot of my shows revolve around, other than the headlines and the Ask Dr. Sean, revolve around people really having a problem and, and struggling with boundaries, right? Really like having a line for people. And, and, and I'm noticing more and more that the more we get ingrained in social media and the more people have access to us, right? Because there was the day before we had all these smartphones, you had to wait till I got home to talk to me. <laughs> you, could, you couldn't talk to me in the car, you know what I'm saying? Or on the bus or the plane. But now people have all this access, boundaries are harder to draw, they're harder to determine. My dear sister Ayana is here and she's had a journey with boundaries, you hear me? I can't wait to listen to her heart and her story. She looks good in that green, doesn't she? Doesn't she look good in that? Sure, yeah, little good girl. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we're gonna talk to her about her struggle, honestly, her struggle with drawing boundaries. I hope to help her, and in doing that, I hope to inspire you to draw some boundaries or to renew some boundaries in your own life. We're gonna do some Ask Dr. Sean, but now we're gonna do some play the what, bumper highly. almost forgot what I said. <laughs> I forgot what I say every day. Anyway, so you guys have heard by now uh, of the shooting that took place in Buffalo. And I, I'm sure you also heard of the shooting that took place in California, right? The shooting in California at a Taiwanese church where a man, a gunman, went into a banquet, a, luncheon bank, a lunch banquet, and, and, and shot and killed one person in a Taiwanese church. And so as we mourn for the people of Buffalo, we immediately had to turn our attention to the people of California. Um, and it's amazing because here we are. I'm not sure why we're showing that guy, but <laughs> it's amazing. Take him off the screen. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing because when it's all said and done, um, we have had to mourn more than we've had to rejoice this weekend. And, and, and so, you know, the shooter, the gunman, um, David Chow, uh, was booked on felony, uh, counts of murder and uh, felony counts of attempted murder. And, and according to the Orange County Sheriff, the gunman was motivated, check this out. He was motivated by anger over tensions between China and Taiwan. Can you believe that? He was motivated over tensions between China and Taiwan. So check, just, 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 just receive this for a second. We, in Buffalo, we had a white man killing black people because black people are black. And in California, we had a Chinese man killing Taiwanese people because they came from Taiwan. I mean, isn't it, I mean you, you just sit back and ask yourself, what in the world is going on? What in the world is going on? You know, it amazes me that in this country, we, we, we've gone to the moon, we built electric cars, right? We can track your phone, you, you got a computer and a, and, a, and a camera in you. We've done all of that and we still haven't figured out how, to, how not to hate each other. Come on, Dr. Sean, teach. We can send a rocket to the moon and bring the rocket right back down again, and we still can't live next door to each other without hating each other. And it almost seems as if, no matter how far we go in this culture, we always seem to come back to our fundamental failure. And the most fundamental American failure is the fact that hatred is a part of the American experience. There's bigotry at the bottom of this country. And it's not just black people hating white people. Apparently, it's Chinese people not liking Taiwanese people. It's rich people not liking poor people. Gay, straight people not liking gay people. Men not liking women. You follow what I'm saying? 
And if we don't deal with that, we're never going to be the country we could be. You see, what's most ironic about this country is that I don't understand how some people feel strong only when they're hurting other people. It's amazing to me. Why is it so hard for people just to accept people the way that they are? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, my, my, guest on, my guest that's here tonight, I, I've never met her. We've never had a conversation. I've never been in the same room with her. But however she shows up is how I accept her. I don't need her to be anything other than what she is. Whatever she gives me is what I'm going to take. And I'm going to honor it and care about it and care about her. That's not hard to me. You know what I'm saying? She's a black woman, woman and I love black women. But if she was a white woman, I'd give her the same respect. If she was Asian, I'd give her the same respect. If she was polka dot with stripes running down her forehead, I would give her the same respect because it ain't that hard to do. I don't care how much money we have or how great our military happens to be or how much technology we have in this country. We will always be backwards. America will always be backwards as long as we persist in hating each other. All right, let me get off that because... I could go on for hours. Ayana, I'm not going to go on for hours. I'm going to talk to you. Let's talk about, listen to this story. Let's talk about these Indian parents, okay? Did you hear about the Indian parents who are suing their only son for not giving them grandchildren? Is this that crazy? This literally happened. So Mr. and Mrs. Prasad, Prasad, I'm not even going to try to pronounce their first names. So Mr. and Mrs. Prasad of India filed a, peti a petition seeking 50 million Indian rubies which is almost about 643,000 US dollars in damages from their only son and his wife for not giving them grandchildren after six years of marriage. Their attorney said, the attorney of the parents said, they are filing the suit because they see other people in their neighborhood playing with their grandchildren and feel, and feel like they should have some too. <laughs> okay, is it me, is it me is it me, but have people lost their minds? Like, is it me, or have people just lost their cotton-picking minds? How do you sue your children? I, 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 how do you sue your son for not giving you grandchildren? First of all, how is suing your son for not giving you grandchildren going to make him want to give you grandchildren? Somebody just explain that to me. Go ahead. I'm going to sit here for a second while you explain to me how suing me it's gonna make me wanna do something for you. <laughs> it's count, it doesn't make any sense. We've lost our minds, man. And I guess the part that I really don't understand is how do these grandparents feel like they're entitled to grandchildren? I mean, these parents rather, not grandparents. How do they feel like they're entitled to grandchildren? You're not entitled to grandchildren. You hope and pray that you have them. But if you don't have them, nobody's violated you. Nobody's hurt. Now, listen, I don't know anything about Indian culture. Let me just say that very quickly. I know nothing about Indian culture. I know nothing about what the expectations of Indian culture may be. I'm speaking from my perspective, from my part of the world. And in my part of the world, you ain't entitled to no grandchildren. You're entitled to healthy children that are sane and decent people. And if you happen to get grandchildren from them, then great. And if you don't, as long as they're healthy and safe and sane and outlive you, that's all you, that's all you should be praying for. Why do we think we're entitled to stuff? You know what I'm saying? People literally think they are entitled. And if they don't get what they want, they will sue you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's one thing to want a grandchild, but it's another thing to sue your kids because you ain't got one. All right. But I want to I end by saying this. I got, I got another headline, but I want to end by saying this. 
if people are suing people for not getting what they want, parents, y'all might need to chill. You know why? Because there are a lot of kids in this world who could sue their parents for not getting what they wanted. And the kids would win. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk about Abbott Nutrition. So you guys have all heard, Ayana, I know you've heard about this too, about how there's no baby formula in the country, right? And so people who have babies are all over trying to treat babies. So Abbott Nutrition, they've, they've reached an agreement with the Food and Drug Administration to resume production of baby formula. And hopefully this will ease the na national shortage uh, associated with uh, this facility. And the facility was closed, I think it's in Michigan, due to a bacterial contamination. And so hopefully with this new agreement, parents all over America can start getting baby formula because right now they're finding it difficult to feed their children. And you know what? You, you would think that in a government that can spend $65 billion on a bomb, right, that we would have figured out that maybe we should have some baby formula stored up. Teach, Dr. Sean. You know I'm right. I mean, we got bombs. We got so many bombs, we can give the Ukraine some and not even miss them. But we never thought about storing up some baby formula in the event that our children, you know, needed some formula that couldn't get to them. So here's my thing. If you're going to end abortion and make women have babies, shouldn't you also <laughs> make sure that there's formula to feed the babies you make them have? You see how that all lines up? You see how, you see, how, see how that logic just lays right on top of each other? If I'm gonna make you have a baby, I should make myself feed the baby I just made you have. See how that lays? See, see, how, see, see how I do that? How is it in America is not enough baby formula? Seriously. How is it in America there aren't enough? I, ju I, ju I just read a report that there are like 400 million guns in America, some crazy number. And we don't have the baby formula? All right. I understand the challenges with supply and demand. I understand the bacterial contamination. I understand all that. But I don't understand the country that hasn't taken seriously the proposition of feeding its own children. And here's what I have to say. Here's, this is the part I was waiting to get to. Shouldn't it be the case in America that baby formula should be free? Why do, Ayana's with me. I just saw you, girl. I know you're with me. Sh shouldn't it be free? Why, why do mothers of babies that are still on formula have to pay for it? It should be free. I'm not talking about the kids should eat free for the rest of their life. But baby formula should be free. It should be what the government provides, especially since the government is making women have babies. It should be what the government provides for women to feed their children. And, to, and for all my Republicans who are watching, I'm not a Republican, but for all the Republicans who are watching, y'all should make your Republican representatives that y'all love so much sponsor a bill to make baby formula free. Since you are apparently going to win and overturn Roe versus Wade, you should be feeding some of these babies and it should be for free. People make a big deal about college debt, right? People make a, a canceled debt cancellation. People make a big deal about um, uh, reparations. But the most intuitive free thing should be feeding babies. I'm all for canceling college debt and I'm all for reparations. But the most intuitive move should be feeding babies. And it should be free. I believe that with all my heart. Maybe it's just me, but, but the fact that we can't feel, feed our babies 
exposes the soft underbelly of the American experience. And what it says about us isn't good because you judge the standard of a nation not by how the men do. You, 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 you judge the standard of a nation but how, by how rather the women and children fare. And if women are under assault and babies don't have food, your country's in trouble, even if your bombs are good. Let's do one more, because <laughs> y'all see I'm cooking with hot grease tonight. Let's do one more. So strangers on the plane. All right, Ayana, this one is for, this, this, this one is for all the, rom I don't know if you're a romantic or not, but this one is for all the romantics in the world. All right, strangers on the plane. So here's this story. This story proves that you can find love anywhere. So Christina and Gabrielle met on a plane, and when they met on a plane, they didn't like each other, these two right here. And in fact, when she met him, she rolled her eyes because they were, there were a bunch of seats on the plane, and he's going to bring his behind and sit right next to her. So she rolled her eyes like, who is this, you know what, trying to sit next to me all these seats? I hate when people do that to me too. I hate when there's a lot, bunch of seats and somebody sits right next to me. That's when I give you the evil eye. Like I lose all my Dr. Sean and I go right to Brooklyn. Anyway, but this happened to her. So Gabriel sat right next to her. And she and Christina tried to put the picture back up, John Boy. There you go. So, 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 so she, tried, she tried to ignore him because she didn't want to do no small talk. She's like, you know, you sit next to me. I don't do no small talk with you. you and she didn't know, stranger danger, right? But he was so persistent and they started talking and then she started liking the conversation and then she started liking him, right? And then when the plane landed, a couple of weeks later, they got together and they met again. And then check this out, a year after that meeting, guess what happened? They got engaged. <laughs> yes. How come I'm the only one excited? Everybody should be like throwing shoes right now. Yes, they got engaged, people. They met on a plane and didn't like each other. She rolled her eyes at him and didn't want to talk to him. And now they're about to get married. And here's the moral to the story, children. You ready? Love will find you. Love will find you, people. Okay? You don't have to be crazy. You ain't got to be desperate. All right? And the person you're supposed to be with, that person will find you too. That person will find you on a plane, in a boat, in a cab, in an in a, in a, in a Uber, in a Lyft, in a restaurant, maybe even a strip club. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't judge. But who you're supposed to be with, they'll find you. Because you can't miss what's waiting on you. And you can't miss what's yours, because what's yours is yours, and who's yours is going to be yours. And, I, and my, my point is, don't get so desperate that you're willing to accept anybody or do anything to have anybody. Because if this blessed sister can find somebody on a plane when she wasn't looking for nobody, you can find somebody eventually yourself. Here's what I say all the time. When the heart is ready, the love will show up. And if the love hasn't shown up, it's because the heart ain't ready yet. Your job is not to resent the one that hasn't shown up. Your job is to get the heart ready. Because when the heart is ready, the love will show up. Contrary to how this woman felt, Christina felt about Gabrielle, her heart was ready for love. And guess what happened? She found it. So you don't have to chase anybody. And you ain't got to beg nobody. And you ain't got to bribe nobody or buy nobody or plead with nobody. You ain't got to worry about nobody leaving you. You ain't worry about none of that. The people that are with you cannot leave you, and the people that are against you cannot stay. But when your heart is ready, the love you've been waiting for is going to show up. Your job is to shine and then let love find you. Ooh, I love this show. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to my dear sister Ayana about her journey, about the boundaries. We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean later. Don't you go nowhere. Get some chicken. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. Everybody has that one person that you have a you have a problem or struggle with drawing a boundary for because you just like them so much. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they so cute. Oh, I thought you ain't never been there. I thought you ain't never had nobody that was so cute. It was just hard for you to draw a boundary for. But I'm telling you, until you learn how to do it, until you learn how to be consistent at it, you'll end up giving out more than you should, losing more of your losing more of yourself than you can afford to lose. My sister Ayana is here. I can't wait to talk. Hey, Ayana, let me just bring you in. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dr. Sean, and yourself. I'm doing great. I appreciate your smile and your energy and your, and your presence. Thank you for being here. It is an honor to have you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm, I'm really excited. Okay, this. good, 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 good. Um, you're in good hands, okay? Just know you're in good hands, and I operate from yeah. a place of compassion and love. That's what I do. Um, but but I, 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 want, I want to come right at it, okay? Because I couldn't wait to talk to you. Okay. Okay. Right. So I know that you have a problem drawing boundaries. So that is a, it's a challenge for you. I know that. Give me an example of you not being good at setting boundaries without naming names. <laughs> well, well, okay. I, I, I can do that. There's so many. <laughs> one, of, one of the, I think that the, the main thing is I immediately say yes to something without even probably hearing the whole question. I'm just eager to say yes. I don't know why. I just I just feel like I have a problem even saying no. And then afterwards, or even during saying yes and knowing that maybe it's impossible for me to do, I just think, well, I can do it and it can be done and I will be the one to do it, like as if I have to do it. Really? Yeah, I, I, I really rarely say, you know, even if it can, I could say yes and be happy and smiling about it, but deep down inside, I'm like, I really don't even want to do that. So you will I don't say, even know. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You, you'll say yes mid-question? Mainly, I've already said yes. I'm already shaking my head. Yes, I could do that. I could show up or I can take care of or I'll do it, you know. I'm the first one to offer. So, so yeah. here's what I know for sure. I know boundaries are, boundaries are one of the ways we stand up for ourselves, okay? And, yeah. and, and what I, what I want to know uh, from you is, why do you think you have such a hard time doing that? Uh, I think that it's a couple of things. Okay. I want to say that, you know, growing up, I learned through, you know, family that, what I would like to say now is we've nurtured, I learned to nurture dysfunction. Mm. And nurturing dysfunction, I think for me, I misinterpreted that as unconditional love and this is what you're supposed to do. Mm. Even in the midst of something breaking you down, you still, you know, that is supposed to be a strength of you being able to carry a load, no matter what that load is doing to you mentally or physically or you know how it's affecting your life you're this is just what you do and I learned that at a very early age and I and I know it has never not stuck with me mm. so from what a you, child to an adult so so what you took from the example that you saw was that mm -hmm. unconditional love is always saying yes yes mm. Yeah. And that the, or it, even go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Or even if not saying the word yes, continuing to just do without even answering the question, you're, you're still doing the act of something that you can't do or that pains you or 
hurts you or that you really maybe carrying a load that you really can't carry, but just doing it. Mm. So the silent message that you got growing up was bear it, do it, suffer through it, because suffering is equal to love. And strength. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So suffering yeah. is a, so, so this is so interesting. So in you, in, I, the, the message you got was that suffering is equal to strength and love. Yeah. Which that's I, how I interpreted it. Which ironically also made you silent, right? Absolutely. So let, let, let's, let, let's put this whole formula together, right? Suffering yeah. for you equals strength and love, but then it also produced in you a silence. Big silence. Something that you should have said that you didn't say your whole childhood uh, because you were so busy trying to be strong, trying to suffer, trying to prove that you love. Let me ask you a question. And this is is totally out of left field. It just came in my spirit. Is there something in your life that you're not saying now that you need to say? Uh, Don't think. Don't think. Answer. I would would say, yeah, I I believe so because, Mm. you know, there's, there's emotions that I feel. Yeah, I do. And, and, I do. and you're not saying them. Right. Give, give, give me one example and, and not, not no names. Give me one example mm-hmm. of what you're not saying that you know you probably need to say. I need to say that I don't I don't like this. It's not comfortable for me. This is not what I want. Oh, God. Yes. Listen, this show might end right here. <laughs> it, no, because if I don't do nothing else, if I don't mm-hmm. do nothing else, you've got to say that. Yeah. Say it again. I do not like this. This is not what I want. And no. Mm. No. No. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm going to ask you to say it one more time. And I want you to envision. Don't say the name. I want you to envision the scenario. I want you to put yourself in the conversation with the person you need to have it with, right? Matter of fact, close your eyes. Close your eyes right now. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes. You're in the conversation. They're right in front of you, okay? And you're having it right now. And I want you to say those words to them right now. This is not what I want to do. I don't like the way this feels. I don't want to deal with it. And no, I'm not going to deal with it. Mm. I don't want to do it. Mm. And as you say <laughs> that right, yeah, I saw that. What, what, what was that? What was that? What was that? A release, let, I yeah, think. Let it come up. That's it, because I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. What 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 felt released out of you? Uh, it feels like uh, silence is released out of me. Mm. Silence is released out of me. Be- because what happens is I'm not consistent with doing that. So I may say it in a time of anger mm. or, you know, I, you know, I'll let things um, pile up for a little bit of time. And then I'll, you know, scream or, or say things in anger to hurt someone. But in actually, in actuality, in reality, I don't want to hurt anyone by saying the things that are hurting me. I want to say them in a safe, happy, from a loving place of just like, you know, this is just not, you know, something that I want to be or I want to do or I want to accept. Yeah. Not to hurt a person, but just to. For, for what I'm saying to be heard and respected. Yeah, yeah. And listen, and, and I want you to say them from a yeah. loving place, but I want the person you're loving to be you. 
Okay. Because I don't want your love for them to mean more to you than the love that I need you to have for you right now. And so you're saying these things because you do love yourself, because you want right. to preserve yourself, because you need to get to the place where you understand that love is not equal to suffering, which is not equal to strength, which does not produce silence. Love does not make you silent. Love liberates you. Love gives you a voice. Love empowers you. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So let me ask I you know. this. Let me ask you this. What do you think would happen in all of these scenarios? What do you think would happen if you actually said what you really wanted to say more often? I think I would be happier. Uh, truly happy, not just like me looking like I'm happy, but I would feel happy mm. from the inside out. So the the happiness that I may reflect that people may think that they see um, because I'm always smiling or, you know, I'm, yeah, I think that I carry a positive energy on the outside so brightly because on the inside it's probably very dim. Mm. And mm. oh, I didn't expect all this tonight. <laughs> mm. Mm. No, 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 no. That's it. Don't fight it. Keep going. Don't, no, no. Let it, let it come up because you're, you're liberating yourself right now. Yeah. That feels good, but it's sad. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. You are strong enough to handle the fact that it's good, but it's sad. And the sadness mm -hmm. isn't because you're bad. The sadness, is, right. the sadness is you don't realize how great and good you are. Yeah, I, I could say that I agree. I have a problem with that. To, um, to accept that maybe I am something that I, I you know, like I don't give, um, my family and friends always will say I'm always downplaying myself, mm. you know, and I do, I do. Are you worth fighting for? I, I should, I should feel like I'm worth fighting for. I should be fighting for myself. I'm, I'm, you're right. So, so, <laughs> so, so I'm going to ask you again. Are you worth fighting for? Yes, but do I feel that I'm worth fighting for? I have to be honest and say no, because mm -hmm. that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. See, and that's why you're here tonight, because we're not following your feelings. Your, your feelings are what get you in trouble. What, what we're yeah. going to follow is what we know. Are you worth mm -hmm. fighting for? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are you worth standing mm -hmm. up for? I am. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I get the fact that that's not how you feel. But again, we're not right. following feelings. We're following what we know. And what we okay. know and what we know is, hell yeah, you're worth fighting for. Hell yeah, you're worth standing up for. Because if that were not the case, the creator would, not, would have never brought you here. The creator would have, not, would have never kept, God kept you here because you're worth fighting mm -hmm. for. You follow what I'm saying? So I do. Our job tonight, our job tonight is to make sure that you understand and know on certain terms that when you stand up for yourself, you're not trying to hurt other people. What you're trying to do is to make sure that they don't take advantage of you. Yeah. yeah. What was that? I agree. Well, I agree. That, that, that was a little more than agreement. It, it, it sounded like you were having like a flashback right there. <laughs> I saw it in your yeah. eyes. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think 
I would like to say that I don't feel that people are taking advantage of me because uh, I'm well aware of, of things. But even though I'm well aware of things, I still allow it to happen. So that is someone taking advantage of me. Mm. But I, I think in order for me to not acknowledge that, that I just say, well, you know, I let people, my, my saying is always, well, I let people treat me how they, how they want to treat me. And then if I don't like that, then I just walk away and I just cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we're we're going to fix that when you, when we come back. All right. Because okay. you're, this, that, that statement is on the brink of being something good, but it's still mired in some dysfunction. Okay. Because at no yeah. point do we let people treat us the way they want to treat us. At no point. You follow what I'm saying? We're, listen, listen. Yeah. We're, we're going to take this break. Put it on me. We're going to take this break. When we come back, we're going to deal with that statement, right? And then, and then, and then there's more to this story, okay? There's more to, we're peeling the onion. There's a little more to the story. Yeah, yeah, I see your face, Ayana. <laughs> there's more to the story. <laughs> we're going to get more of it. Uh, but she's doing great, isn't she? She's doing great. And, uh, and, and, and you stay tuned, because when we come back, I got more for you right after this. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to my dear sister, Ayana. And um, when we left, I was, I, was, I was talking about the fact that um, we don't let us, we should never, and I'm, I'm, I'm advising you, I'm advising me when I say this as well, because I've been guilty of this too, by the way, just to be transparent, mm-hmm. is, is that we, we don't let other people decide how they want to treat us. Because they will always give us what is easy and what is accessible and what is convenient. I think, I think that we always strive to say, I set the boundary and the, and, and the, and the criteria and the standard for how I want to be treated, and you decide if you can live up, with, live up to that, right? It's not, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. me leaving. It's you deciding if you can't keep up. <laughs> okay. You feel okay. me? All right. Now, I now, feel now, it. Now, now, I'm only bringing this up because I think it relates to your boundary issue, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I know okay. you spent some time on the, let us say, the wrong side of the law or the other side of the law, right? Okay. Yeah. And and connect for me how you ended up in that position with your inability to create boundaries. Like put those things together. Um. Well. So I believe that the, my inability to create boundaries um, led to me again when I like I said I'm I'm doing things that I don't have the ability to actually really do, and I'm saying yes to it. And I can't, I can't really do it. And I want to, and I, I feel like I have this position amongst my friends and family at the time that I'm the answer to everyone's, like I have the answer to everything and I can do everything. Mm. And I took on that responsibility or, um, and not that they even gave me that responsibility, but I think that that was something that even as a kid that I wanted to prove or that I just, I just, I just thought of, I don't, I don't know necessarily that, um, there was a an inc- an incident that I could say that made me feel like that was my position in anyone's life. It's just the position and the role that I took over, um, that I felt like I was taking over. You know, at the end of the day, I do understand that I'm not in control of any of these things, not even my own life, let alone anyone else's life. Um, but I, I felt as though I could solve the problem um, for for myself and others. Um, I felt as though, you know, just again, by when you asked me to say, you know, say something that you don't want to say, instead of telling myself that this is not 
a situation that I want to be in, or this is not what I want to do. I continue to try to nurture that dysfunctional feeling. And I nurtured things that were toxic to me. And by doing that, I ended up trying to create an answer and a solution to a problem that I wasn't able to fix. Mm. And, and that got you in trouble. And that got me in trouble, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And not just to even say that, you know, that was the only reason that, I, you know, there were also selfish reasons behind it too, to, to be quite honest. Mm. Um, I use I committing, you know, I use being on the wrong side of the law as a means of escaping reality mm. of what, you know, of what I had, um, of what my life was at the time. And that was also my escape. So it, it got me in trouble. Mm. Those different, those, that mix of mess got me into, you know, got me in trouble. I put myself in a very bad position. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm certainly glad you're out of it now that you're able yeah. to be here and, and that you've recovered to some degree. And I'm really happy that you're here right now, literally like on this show, you know, reaching yeah. out and trying to get some inspiration and some direction on how you can forge a different future. Um, but let me ask you just one more question about the past. What do you regret the most? Like out of all, all the things that you've thought, considered or done, what's the biggest regret that you have? Going so far as to commit crime. Mm. That was a, it, well, and, and to go dig deeper into that, I would say uh, embarrassing and embarrassing and shame in myself and uh, my family. I, I feel that I did. Mm. So I would say those all are together, lined in, in alignment with each other. Mm. Yeah, no, mm. I, I understand that. I, I, I definitely uh, empathize with you on that um but if i if i could have a say so like like if, if i could talk for you for 30 seconds i would yeah. have a different regret for you okay my regret if i were you speaking for you through you with you i would regret the lesson that i learned that love is suffering and silence and that mm -hmm. and that love is the, the unconditional love is this notion of allowing people to go on ad infinitum doing whatever they, that's the thing I think, because that, that, to me, that's where, that's where the whole thing got mixed up. Because okay. in, some, in some strange way, I perceive you to be doing all of this because you think it's a love language. Like you think, yeah, yeah you're, like you, you think giving people access and Claire Blanche is saying, I love you. Right. I would agree. But I'm almost certain that that's not how the people who are receiving all of it are reciprocating the message back to you, right? Correct. Right. That's right. Yeah. Which, which probably means that they're not getting I love you. Hmm. That they're probably getting you can do whatever you want because I'm going to let you do it. What, what, would yeah. you, what, what, what would you say if I told you Come on, look at me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay. With me. Stay I know it's hard. Stay with me. What would you say yeah. if I told you that they're not getting I love you, but they're getting I don't respect myself? I wouldn't like that. Mm. I don't like I, I don't like the way that feels because mm. I want to feel that I want to know that I'm respected. And I think that I 
and respected um, well, my um, feelings is, but if I look at the facts of things, then I'm not being respected all around. Yeah, they, they, I would say, I don't know them, but I would say in a lot of these cases, it's not about respect, it's about need. Mm -hmm. They need you. And somewhere, somewhere in your spirit, you've, 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 you've connected need with love. That the only way to be loved is to be needed. I would agree with that too. And what, what I want to invite you to consider that there's a whole nother level of love where you're not needed, you're just wanted. I don't, I don't think that I know that. Mm. How, did, how does it feel to say that? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how that feels. No, 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 you know. it, feel, it feels no, a little no, no. freeing, yeah, okay. but I don't, but I feel a little hurt by the fact that I don't think that I ever felt that Yeah. or I don't think so. Yeah. I can't say. So it kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I, I, I really could talk to you longer, but, but, I, but I'm, I'm out of time. Um, here's, here's what I want you to get from this, all right? Here's okay. what I want you to get. That love is not suffering. Love mm -hmm. is not suffering. And, and love is not constantly telling people yes. Sometimes the only way to love someone is to tell them no. Because you mm -hmm. love them too much to allow them to hurt themselves. And you love them too much to allow them to hurt you. And the last thing I want to give you is this, the love that we just spoke about, the love that's not based upon need or you performing or doing something or providing something or helping something, just somebody wanting you because you are who you are. They don't need you to do anything. I, I pray that you have that kind of love. I pray that you find it. I pray that you experience it, not, not just not just romantically, but in your friendships and with your family. Yeah. that they all get to a place where they just want to have you around because you're a good person and not because you're doing them favors or finding answers or helping them. But most importantly tonight, here's where I got to end. I pray that you want that for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 do. I like you. I like you. <laughs> I like you a lot. You're going to be all right. All right. Thank you. But listen, I believe it. But here's my last bit. Are you in counseling? I haven't been in counseling for over, I want to say over three years now. Okay. I'm going to advise you to go back, get back in it because I like, I've, I've said some things and some things came up mm -hmm. and we didn't have time to deal mm -hmm. with them. But, but, but I think you should get back into process and really fortify and empower yourself to go forward. Um, because without help, I'm not sure that you're going to make it as far as you deserve to go. Okay. Okay. Thank you. My pleasure. And I'm going to do that. Good, I'm good, good. Th that. Listen, I got, I got to take this break. I'm over. I'm over this. I'm over time because I'm always running over. Let's take this break. When we come back, we're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean right after this. And I'm going to, I got some more thoughts on my sister and on all of us who are trying to draw boundaries right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So Ayana has a journey ahead of her. Doesn't she? And we all have a journey ahead of us because we're all learning how to unlearn the things that we learned when we were kids. A lot of times we draw conclusions from what we saw, but we didn't see everything. So the conclusions that we concocted or created are not accurate and they're not adequate and they're not even helpful. Never be so grown that you are 
too removed from your childhood enough to go back to what you used to think to reject it all over again and to say, you know what, this ain't going to work for me because I made a conclusion based upon partial information and the message it gave me is not helping my life. You see, she learned early on that love is suffering and love is the ability to be silent and love is saying yes all the time. That's not love. That's not love. Love will tell you no at the, at the drop of a hat. Love will open its mouth and declare its love for you and its frustration with you. And love is not suffering. There is suffering a part of love that is a part of love, but love is not itself suffering. I'm hoping she gets back into counseling and gets back on the journey because I want her to have the love that she said she's never felt before. For someone to want her simply because they want her. All right, Harley, play the bumper. Let's do some Ask Dr. Sean. All right, you guys always send me amazing videos, and this one is no different. Let's take a look at it. Hello, Dr. Sean. My name is Anayeli garcia Lovers, and I am from Valley Stream, New York. This is my little background. I was supposed to see my grandmother two weeks before she passed away. It's been hard for me. She was my mother. She was my best friend, my ride or die, and my other half. Ever since she left, I have so much anger built in me that I can't just let it go. I blamed God for a while. I stopped believing in him because he took the only person that actually loved me and cared for me. My question for you today is, how do I let go of this pain without actually letting her go? I'm just afraid that she thinks that I'm letting go of all of our memories and I don't want her to feel like that because at the end of the day, she's the only person that always had my back and she's my everything. Thank you. That's such a sweet question, isn't it? I mean, I, I honor the spirit that you offered that. Uh, and so let me give you an answer in the same spirit. You don't have to let go of the love that you have for someone in order to let go of the pain and the resentment you have about them leaving. Those two things are not indelibly connected. They are exclusive. They are separate. I can let go of my resentment and pain about you leaving and still hold on to the love that I have for you. Because here's what you need to know, that being mad and upset and hurt about someone leaving isn't the best way to honor their life. And sometimes because we don't know how to honor people who we've lost, we make pain the monument and anger the monument that we build to make sure the world knows and that we remember that they were here. But there's a better way to do it. There's a better way to do it. And the best way to do it is for you to take your life and to make your life the living embodiment of the best of what she represented and what she gave you and for you to use that to make her name great as you make your name consequential. You see, I said this to one of my guests on another show and I'll say it to you now. The way you honor your love for her is you make sure that when you are on big stages and in big moments and on big platforms that you get to speak her name and you get to tell the world about a woman who changed and loved your life. Just being mad about the fact that she isn't here is the lowest way to honor somebody because in anger and recrimination, people will never have to hear about her. They'll never get to know her. Only you will have this private little altar that you've built of anger and all of that. And while that may feed something in us that's 
you know, sort of carnal and something that's basic to being human, there's a better way to do it. And I invite you to choose the more excellent way. God doesn't take people from us. People die. Just like people are born, they die. And everything born of a woman will die. Everything born on this planet, every creeping, crawling, flying, swimming thing will die. It is the way of nature. It is the way of life. It is how it is. The creator doesn't take. People die. And we have to become reconciled to the truth of that. And it's not that we're okay with people dying. It's that we understand that death is a part of life. And here's why I say it. The moment you understand that death is a part of life, it'll make you appreciate life a little differently. And it'll make you appreciate the people in your life so much better. And the moment you realize that everybody in your life will also leave, your being with them today and tomorrow will be far more valuable to you. Honor your grandmother. Honor your mothers and your fathers and your grandmother that your days may be long upon the earth. But how you honor her is not with your anger. It's with your greatness. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Listen, 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 listen. I love doing Ask Dr. Sean. You guys always send me amazing questions. So someone DM'd me this question. I met my boyfriend of five years at church. He recently told me that he no longer believes in God and wants to learn about other religions. Our relationship revolved around our mutual love for God. And although I love him, I don't think I can accept his new way of thinking. Should I break up with him or try to convince him to change his mind? Well, first of all, you can't say that he doesn't believe in God, but he wants to learn about other religions. Those two things don't reconcile each other. So maybe he's become more open to other religions more than it's the case that he doesn't believe in God. Because you literally cannot say that I no longer believe in God, but I also want to learn about other religions. But let me say this to you. People will journey many places over the course of your relationship with them. And sometimes people will go places that you can't follow them into. But it doesn't mean necessarily that you should leave them. You see, if this were me, and I was dating someone, and I believe, obviously I believe in God, but I was dating someone who started out believing God but doesn't, didn't believe in God anymore, I don't think I would leave them for that. I know that may sound strange considering my background, but I, I don't think I would leave somebody because they don't believe in God. Because I, I understand that believing in God and finding yourself is a journey. And, and you'll pass through many different seasons. And what you believe today, you won't believe tomorrow. And what you understand today, people will grow. And, and you have to give people an opportunity to grow. Now, if you're saying to me that the only logic and the base of this relationship is your theological commitments together, then I guess you don't, y'all don't have anything anymore. And if you're saying to me that the only way you can be with somebody is that they believe in the God that you believe, the way that you believe it, and that's, that's the, then, then I guess you, you two don't belong together. I'm just saying to you that I don't understand that. I'm all for believing in God and I'm all for faith being a part of relationship. And I think that faith ought to be a part of relationship. And I would like any relationship to have faith. But because somebody has lost their faith or is losing their faith or is trying to find their faith, I don't think that's personally, I don't think that's the basis to walk away from somebody. Now is when somebody needs you the most. See, now is when he needs you the most. Because all that faith in religion you said you had, that you know how to love those, bless those that cursed you and do good to those that spitefully use you. And by this, they will know that you are my disciples by your love. 
That you, you know, you know that, that you should love one another, huh? That you should love your neighbor as you love. All that stuff, you, now is when you have to use it. Like, this is the moment you get to use all that faith you say you have. And not on a stranger. Not on somebody sitting in church 10 rows away. Not on giving somebody $10 on the street. Now you get to use it on a person you say you already love. Can you love them now? Huh? Yeah. Life has given you a wonderful opportunity to show how much faith you really have. And maybe you'll end up being friends. Instead of walking away, maybe you'll end up being friends. But this is when he needs compassion and grace and mercy. And this is when he needs somebody who says they believe in God to model some of what they believe so that he can see faith and not just hear about it. And maybe the example that you show is the thing that leads him back to the faith you want him to have. Hmm. Good luck with that. All right, let's, we got time for another one? We're going we're gonna to do, do an email? Okay. My sister, oh, my sister is a stripper who prides herself on making fast cash. I overheard her by talking to my 14-year-old daughter about how she earns money as a dancer. Children are easily influenced, and I don't want my daughter to choose that profession for herself. How do I tell my daughter that I don't want her to become an exotic dancer without hurting my sister's feelings? Ooh, this is an interesting question, isn't it? All right, first of all, you do have a right as a parent uh, to sort of delimit a 14-year-old girl's uh, choices as it relates to what she's considering to do for a living. And I'm not downing people who are sex workers. I'm not downing people who are strippers. Not at all. But I think as a parent, you do have the right to say to your child, I don't want you to be a stripper. Okay? You do have that right. And it's not about hurting your sister's feelings. I think one of the things you want to say to your sister is, that is not something that I want my daughter to actively consider in her first line of considerations for what she's going to do with her life. I'm not condemning or critiquing what you're doing with your life because it is obviously working for you. But we have a different vision and a plan for her. And then you tell your sister what your vision is for your daughter so that now your sister can line up with the vision that you have for her. You see, when you give people an expectation and no content, it's harder to line up. But you give her an expectation and then you tell her, this is what we're hoping she does. And we're asking you to line up with us on this. I think you do that because I don't I, I, I just think I, I have sons. And trust me, if somebody was talking to my sons about being pimps, <laughs> I would be saying something. Like, in this family, we don't do that. Now, my brother may be a pimp. <laughs> Your uncle may be a pimp, but you ain't going to be no pimp, okay? You're going to Morehouse. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I love this show. Y'all be good to each other. I'll see you soon. Love you.